everybody, hope you're having a good day. Yep. It's Bob and it's Linda. <laughs> we're here. As usual. And uh, today what we're talking about, uh, I want to drop you in on a conversation or a message that I sent to uh, a reader who is mm -hmm. facing bankruptcy with three little kids. And yeah. he sent me over his budget and just asking for advice. Mm -hmm. And uh, and I gave him some advice. And so I want to drop you in on that um, just to let you be a fly on the wall, hear what I told him. Mm -hmm. And... Uh, kind of go from there. But I think I want to start by reading his email yeah. that he sent me. Uh, because, yeah, you might be in this situation. You might know someone in this situation. And I think this is really helpful when you can, Yeah. I don't know, like get a glimpse of someone who is dealing with something similar to you and learning, gleaning whatever you can from how they're handling it mm -hmm. and um, what they're going through, all those different things. Yeah. So... Linda and I are no strangers to financial challenges um, and struggles. We have not ever been to the point uh, where we were strongly considering bankruptcy, but we've been in a lot of debt. And we've been yeah. in situations where we've had to bend a whole, whole, a whole lot, lot to make it work and to work I through mean, it. I mean, recently even. Like yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it's not like, it's not like we're immune to it um, yeah. because – Things shift and change, uh -huh. and business is a roller coaster, and there's ups right. and downs, and we have an irregular income, and we have employees, and things, you know, they're just shifting and changing all the time. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, so by God's grace, he's uh, <laughs> allowed us to keep having the opportunity to roll and to learn and to adapt and mm -hmm. to live out what Paul talks about in Philippians 4, being content in the high times and the low times and mm -hmm. learning the secret of how to do that, you know? Yeah. So anyway, with that, let me read his email. Um, so he says, my wife and I have been married for 11 years. We've been involved in ministry for nearly 12 years at our church. Um, and he said, we both married young, came from a broken home, um, or broken home, so zero training of any kind in terms of any financial stuff. Mm. He said, we were taken advantage of in an early, uh, early on with a predatory loan that resulted in us having to file Chapter 7 bankruptcy um, in 2010. And we vowed that we would never do that again. Since mm. then, our childcare expenses have been sky high and we've been using charge cards just to make it. Wow. Like buying the groceries and gas for the car, make it. Wow. We don't have any fancy clothes or cars. We don't travel or do anything grand. We've just been trying to survive and give the kids the best life we can. Mm -hmm. In May, this all came crashing down. I was about to hit a negative $700 in the bank um, one day. I had three payday loans and I was out of our grace with them, and we desperately needed groceries. Mm. Uh, we started looking at personal loans, green path, debt management, a HELOC, home equity, and frustratingly, nothing was working because our credit scores were too low and my debt to income was too high. Mm. And that brings us to Monday of this week when we signed for a 13, uh, Chapter 13 bankruptcy on $45,000 of credit card debt. We have zero in savings, and we are worried, almost sick, of what would happen if we had an emergency right now. We are living on fumes on both faith and grace. Our payment plan is $202 a month for five years if approved. Um, I was just trying to figure out from you what we can do. We have no extra disposable income, no way to save, because even with the Chapter 13, we have just $50 left at the end of our budget. Guaranteed this will be taken by something, having three kids under the age of 10. Oh, wow. I work a full-time job and applied at six places in the last two weeks for part-time work at night, but no callback so far. Mm -hmm. um, I'm not looking for a handout or anything. Please don't misread or take this the wrong way. I'm just asking for some advice. Yeah. Um, I don't want to be here. So oh, man. it's heavy. That is heavy. Yeah, it's a tough situation yeah. for sure. And um, 
And so this this person emailed me this um, earlier in the year, um, you know, in the middle of the year, actually. And so I responded back to him. And so I'm going to drop you into my response to him right now so you can listen to this and hear my thoughts. And basically, he sent me his budget over, and I'm just breaking it down line by line by line, mm. um, given my thoughts on what I would do if I were in his situation, right. given the circumstance. Um, you know, I'm limited on information, as you'll hear me explain to him, because mm-hmm. I don't have the full picture. But what I right. do have, um, this is what I'm sharing right here. All right. So I just want to tell you what I'm thinking as I'm going through this. I don't have all the information. I'm sure there are reasons why you're not doing certain things that I don't have the full picture of that. But that said, I hope that you would think with it through me and explore some different options, even if only temporarily, because yeah, just open your mind. I guess that's kind of what I'm asking. So with that in mind, as I'm going through all this, obviously, top of the list, preschool, okay? Again, I'm just going to tell you what I would be, the questions I would be asking. So I would be asking, all right, is there a way to not do this for now? Is there a way to temporarily, even if only a few months, pause preschool? You know, because a few months, that's three months, that's $2,400 that we can have in savings, a buffer sitting there in case there's a decent-sized emergency, that's just a big deal. It's a big chunk of change that I would be asking, is there any way we can do this? Maybe it's not possible because you and your wife are both working, and I, I don't really know. Like, again, I don't know about all the details, but that's the question I would be asking. Groceries, you know, this is, from what I've seen, a pretty low budget. I don't know exactly where in the country you live, but it's a pretty low amount, you know, so I don't think you can go much, much lower on that. But, again, like, I'd be looking... Like if you, at this, you know, I'm not a big fan of cutting coupons, but when you're in a situation like you are, like you need to be doing that stuff, you know, like that's, there's a lot of money to save there. So I would be asking questions about, all right, what are the cheapest grocery stores we can go to? You know, do we need to go Aldi? Like, I don't even know like what the cheapest ones might be around you, but I would be asking that there's a lot of money to be saved in food for everyone. So what are the coupons? What are all the apps that we can use to save money on groceries? There's a lot there that I'd be looking at tithing great i wouldn't change a thing there gas you know i would be using apps like get upside we talk about this on our website another one is gas buddy which both of these two are going to help you basically get money back on your gas purchases uh you know so we save normally about 20 25 cents a gallon just by using that gas buddy app uh, or not gas buddy that's get upside Gas Buddy just help you find the cheapest stations in town. And so they can kind of work together sometimes and either way. But just, you know, simple little thing you can do there. All right, next up, the car loans. This is definitely something that I would be thinking about as well. You're in a situation now where everything is more complicated in that you're already underway with Chapter 13. But, you know, this is $650 a month that's going out towards vehicles. Now, you probably need two vehicles to get to work. I assume that's the case. But this is something I would definitely be looking at. Like, how could we eliminate or reduce one of these? Uh, Is there a way, you know, and especially right now, like, there's something going on with all of the, you know, just the prices with used cars. It's insane right now. And so I don't know where you are if you're upside down or not, but I think there's a good chance that you're not upside down and that you could possibly sell the car private party and walk away with a few thousand dollars and 
you know, and that's something I would be exploring. You know, I've driven thousand. So many years ago, I bought a thousand dollar Taurus off my sister, drove that thing for three or four years because it was a good car, <laughs> you know. And and so the point is, even with the crazy used car prices, if you get something that's a good car that's 15 years old, like you should be able to find something for a couple thousand dollars. And if you use Consumer Reports, this is what I always recommend when buying a used car. Go to ConsumerReports.com, pay $8 a month to look up their reliability ratings. And you can find their reliability data on older cars. And that's just super valuable because you can find out which cars are lemons and which ones aren't, you know. And so that's something I would be considering. Like, how can I get out of one of these car loans and free up that extra cash? School aftercare, yeah, probably not much there electricity not a big savings there this is a big cell phone bill you know that'd be another thing i'd be looking at like realistically you could switch to another company and cut that in half you know so you just need to look in your area and see what those options are if that's something you know i mean there might be other reasons why you can't but that's just something that i would be considering car insurance eating out yeah i mean yeah and it's like you know the goal isn't to cut everything fun out of life but when you're in a situation like this, I would say is crisis situation or nearing that in that with this chapter 13, it's like, you know, everything's already getting stripped down and you still are trying to build up some sort of buffer to be able to handle emergencies. Like, again, I'd be looking at, all right, how do we pause this for a couple months just to add money into an account so that we have it sitting there? The loans, of course, that's happened. Piano lessons, again, this or this is one I would definitely be saying, all right, how can we pause this for three to six months, create a curriculum of our own via YouTube videos or whatever, or just going to get a whole bunch of books, you know, and I don't know who it's for, if it's for you or your kids or whatever, but how can we pause the lessons while continuing them in their education? And I think there's probably some answers there. Clothing and shoes, I think to some extent it's probably necessary if you have kids and blah, blah, blah. You know, it's not a lot, so I don't feel like that's a big deal. But anyway, yeah, so I think that's the gist of it on the expense side. On the income side, you know, you said you apply to a bunch of places. I think that's a great start. And I would be thinking outside of traditional jobs. And so what I would be doing is uh, looking at Uber, looking at Lyft, and especially if you... Uh, because this is an option if you have a newer car, but if you go get a 15-year-old car, those are no longer options with Uber or Lyft. Like, they don't want you driving for them with that type of thing. But regardless, so that is an option under these current things, so use that to your advantage. If you're going to have a newer car, like, use it to help you make some money. So that's one thing you can do. <clears throat> Besides that, like, you know, you could deliver groceries for shift. Like there's so many different gig work, you know, and that's just something that you could Google, like gig work jobs or something like that. Like there's entire websites and podcasts devoted to different types of gig work jobs where you can be working by the hour, setting your own schedule, doing this when you feel, and yeah, and the money's not phenomenal, but, but your current salary, you know, I mean, it isn't super high earning salary either. So that'd be a very realistic way to be able to add in, you know, and the only caveat here is, you know, maybe if you're way out in the boonies, I'm not sure where you live exactly, but, but outside of that, if you're anything remotely urban or suburban, uh, I mean, that's a very realistic way to, you know, 
honestly make a couple hundred hours a week, you know. So that's that. I mean, another thing comes to mind. No idea how you feel about pets, but like there's a website called rover.com where basically you can babysit a dog for the weekend and, and actually make decent money doing it. And so like that type of thing, like you can babysit a dog for a weekend and make $100 in a weekend. And so the goal of this isn't to, all oh, these are the things that we're going to do for the rest of our life. That's not it. It's just trying to get yourself on a firm footing, in your case, like building up a savings account, some sort of emergency fund. And and I think the best way to do that is to think about this from a short-term perspective. What are the big sacrifices we can make just for a few months to kind of get in that position? So that's how I'd be approaching this. So anyway, hope this is helpful in some way. And yeah, I hope you have a great 4th of July and I'll see ya. All right. So that was my message uh, to him at mm-hmm. this point. And, um, and again, like hopefully this is valuable or helpful to you. Even if you're not in this exact situation, I think for me anyway, it's always helpful hearing how other people are thinking about how they would process. Maybe it's generated some ideas for you if you're Mm -hmm. in a tight spot or if you know someone who is, this might be a helpful episode to send over to them. Yeah. Um, but I don't know. What what would you add? Yeah. And I mean, this was extremely practical and I think this is something that we, it's, you know, one of the first chapters in our book, something we talk about in our true financial freedom class, but we can do the practical and that is our job and responsibility to do, but we cannot forget to turn to the Lord in it all. And, you know, I am hearing most of this information for the first time. So I'm not trying to uh, say that this person is not turning to the Lord by any means. I I actually don't really know much about the situation at all. But just as a reminder to me, what I would be saying and where I would be if I were in this position myself, I would be turning to the Lord, trying to find out, okay, I'm going to do my part. God, I am asking you and trusting you to be my provider. And also... So, so yeah, like focusing on God as our provider, I think that's something that we don't do enough. And especially when we're in these really tight jams where it's just like, this is not going to work out. I mean, yeah. if I'm being honest, I had something earlier this year where we had a situation that we were working out and I like freaked out on you. <laughs> I mean, I did. I just, it, you know, and it's funny because it's like, this is what we talk about all the time and but it's so easy when you're in that situation to not remember that God is who he says he is. Yeah. And I've I've heard this that one of the biggest things that the enemy will do to us is try and convince us that God is not who he says he is. Yeah. That's and powerful. so when we are in that situation the the thing that we need to focus on because what the tendency is to focus on the problem. But if we can focus on how big God is, that is like one of the first steps into just switching our brain off of the problem and like, okay, there can be a solution. There is hope out of this mess, you know? Mm -hmm. So that's the first thing. The other thing, though, that I feel like I have to mention in this is that when we walk through really difficult seasons, I, I believe that this is how it is as believers, when we walk through really difficult seasons, God is actually trying to reveal a piece of himself that we've never seen before. Yep. I've I've been reading this book uh, called 
The Knowledge of the Holy by A.W. Tozer, and it's really good. And one of the things that they talked about that in there, which I had never even, my brain hadn't even gone there, but was just that spiritual beings, angels, know different things about God than we do. The, one of the reasons being is because they have a different relationship with God because they do not have the earthly struggle that we do. But it also works on the flip side where we know things about God yep. that they don't because we have an earthly struggle that they don't have. And just realizing that there are so many attributes to God that we don't even know what they are, maybe because they don't apply to us or we don't know how they apply to us. We haven't been through. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, angels don't need grace the way we do because we are sinners, you know. I mean, it was it was just fascinating to like let my brain just sort of wander on this idea of what else is God that I don't even know he is. And am I even giving enough attention to who God is? But I think that he is constantly... Oh, so it, so in these struggles, I think we are learning something new about God that we didn't know before. Yeah. Because it didn't apply. Yeah. So when I get in these situations, I try my hardest to look for that thing that God is trying to show me about himself that I didn't see before. Yeah, I'll bet it's always there. Oh, yeah. Because there's so much about him we still don't know. That we yeah. will never know, you know, yeah. but uh, I, I, I really do think that there is a, a leaning in to the Lord that he is trying to pull. He's trying to pull us closer mm-hmm. when there are difficult situations. And that for me makes it a little bit easier. Like, what do you have for me, Lord, that I haven't seen before? What, what is new about you that I've never known? How can I... Uh, get to know you better? How can I rely on you in a new and a different way? And it makes those really challenging seasons a little bit of like a treasure hunt. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Yep. Yep. That's good. And of course, this doesn't mean that I do this all the time and that I do it super well, but it is something that I've learned because when I have walked through these seasons and I have done this right, because it hasn't been every time, but when I have done this right, I've noticed that my relationship with God is so much deeper and better and there's a new appreciation and renewed faith and more excitement for my walk with God than before. Yeah. And if we can just lean into that side of like, man, this is really tough, but God, what do you have for me in this season? I think there's a lot there that he will do in our hearts that will bring fruit of our lives that we won't be able to get any other way. Yeah. Yeah. And it makes you stronger. It makes you stronger. Yeah. So another thing that comes to my mind as you're talking about all this is I think it's easy to find yourself in a situation like this and to be able to point out all your mistakes. Mm. And I'll speak for us, you know, when we were in our worst financial spots. Mm-hmm. It's easy to look back at, oh, I just, that was dumb. I shouldn't have done that. I shouldn't have made that decision. I shouldn't have blah, 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 blah. I kind of mm-hmm. deserve this mess that I'm in. Oh, yeah. And therefore, it's like, I don't know if God's going to answer my prayer to kind of help me out of this or if I just deserve to be here. Mm-hmm. And I think it's really important to remember that we serve the God of grace. Yes. And, um, and if we look at all the things that, 
his grace is able to cover. Mm-hmm. Um, this is nothing. <laughs> the bad financial decisions that we've made. And so yeah. do not believe that lie that just because you are in a bad financial situation that you deserve to be there mm. and you need to stay there and God's like, yeah, you figure it out on your own. Right. Like God wants to step into these situations. Like we are not able, we are not supposed to be able, we are designed to depend on him. Mm-hmm. And it's no different in our financial lives. Now, yes, like we talked about at the beginning, yes, there are practical pieces to this that we should grow in, we should develop, and we should seek to become better managers and stewards of what he's entrusted to us. But mm-hmm. at the end of the day, we're all going to make mistakes. Mm-hmm. Even the best of us who are managing our money well, we're still going to make mistakes and things are going to happen outside of our control. Yep. And so the best thing to do, it's a lean into that grace that is available to yeah. all of us. Um, avoid the guilt, the shame, all the stuff, the, you know, all those feelings that the enemy wants to put on you right. and step into his grace, mm-hmm. invite him into the, um, you know, step boldly, as it says, into his throne room, Yes, seeking to obtain that grace mm-hmm. um, because it is available for us. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. And I'm, you know, we, of course there are consequences to our decisions, right? Yeah. Like we, we get that. Yeah. So I'm but- not saying this eliminates all the consequences. Because, yes, it's like you cheat on your spouse. It's like there's a consequence. <laughs> right. That, you know. Yeah. Or anything else. You break the law. You know, yeah. I, like there, there's lots of things. And God has laws. There's a law of sowing and reaping. You know, there, there's there's a lot at play here. Um, but the blood of Jesus is so much bigger than yeah. any of the mistakes that we make. And so yeah. even if you are walking through the consequence of a decision— there is grace. Yeah, there's grace to get out of the mess. There's yeah. grace to move on. There's grace for forgiveness, not only for yourself, but for God to forgive you and then others to forgive you, you yeah. know, because yeah. our bad choices affect more than just ourselves. Yeah. So, yeah, grace. So anyway. Bob yeah. just wrote it down, made a little doodle out of it. Made a little doodle out of it. So... <laughs> Yeah, if you, and if you know anybody, if this is resonating with you, let us know. Send mm-hmm. us a message, bob at seedtime.com or um, at seedtime on Instagram. I'd love to hear if this is clicking for you. Yeah. But if you know anybody else who needs this, send mm-hmm. this over to them. Uh, yeah, because it can feel really lonely and isolated mm-hmm. when you're in these situations, and especially when you're looking at Instagram and everything's going so good <laughs> for everyone else. And, and Which, you're by the way, it's with, not. It's absolutely not. It's the... One of the worst things about social media, mm-hmm. uh, but but anyway, point is, we know how isolating it can feel, how lonely it can feel. So if you're in that situation, um, yeah, let's just pray real quick. Yeah, gotta just pray for each and every person who's listening, who is dealing with some level of financial challenge where they feel like it's greater than them, feel like it's overcoming them, feel mm-hmm. like it's more than they are able to do. I pray that they would lean fully into you. Mm-hmm. And even if they feel like I'm doing that, I'm praying, Bob, I don't I don't know what else to do. I pray that you would reveal to them how to fully surrender, to fully yeah. let go, to fully trust in your grace and your mercy in this situation. Mm-hmm. And, and I pray that you'd give them wisdom and specific action steps for them on how to navigate out of it. Mm-hmm. And, and I just thank you, God, that um, I believe, because this is what you do, you're the miracle working God who mm-hmm. can do bigger 
Um, you know, like Ephesians 3.20 says, exceedingly abundantly above and beyond all we can ask, think, or imagine. Mm -hmm. You can do that, and that's what you do. And so I pray that you would do that in each and every one of these situations for anyone who's listening right now Mm -hmm. um, and dealing with something like that. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. All right. So that's what we have for you today. Mm -hmm. Uh, Make it a great day. Share this with someone. Um, Yeah, if you're enjoying the podcast, if you're getting benefit out of it, um, we'd appreciate if you leave us a review over on um, yes, iTunes please. or anywhere else you do. It helps us out a lot. And um, be blessed. Have a good day. And we'll see you next time. All right. We want to know if you've heard about our flagship class called True Financial Freedom. Yeah. And if you haven't, it's more than just a money class. Mm-hmm. It's really about fulfilling your God-given purpose, breaking free from hidden money beliefs, and making a lasting impact. Yeah, and we've gotten feedback from students and they've said things like, it is the first class I've taken where at the end of each session, I felt equipped and not burdened. Yeah, and it's less theory and more realistic action steps and guidance. We've also heard it felt like a conversation with friends, which is awesome. Yeah, and it encouraged me in ways I didn't think I would ever experience. This class is on demand and it's designed for churches and small groups as well as individuals. And you can get all the details at seedtime.com slash TFF.